This is the Lifestyle as Medicine podcast, and I am Mike Riccio, longtime personal trainer, professional strength coach, gym owner, and most importantly, a devoted modern father and husband. I've been fortunate to learn under some of the most intelligent minds in health and fitness over the past 15 years, as well as work with amazing clients and athletes. What I've most fallen in love with over the years is the power we have over our lives, the power to decrease risk of disease and injury, the power to reach our true potential, the deep abilities the body is capable of when all aspects of health are working simultaneously. On this podcast, you will learn the importance of preventative health and how to optimize your habits to optimize your life. Today I'm on with Ayende Avery, former professional basketball player, about to turn six foot nine pro bodybuilder. Today we talk discipline, we talk habits, we talk the difference between feeling hungry and wanting certain foods. Whether you wanna be a pro bodybuilder or just wanna look a little better and feel a little better, this is for you. Listen in. This is the Lifestyle as Medicine podcast. I am on with Ayende Avery. Who goes pro? We'll get to that later. But bodybuilder, former pro basketball player, uh, and just beast of human being. Uh, I've had a chance to know you for, for long enough now and just, just an overall good guy. Uh, thank you for being on. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. You want to give the listeners a little, little background on yourself before we get rolling here? Sure. Um, I'm a hometown kid. I'm from Chicago. Played high school basketball here. Also played college basketball here in Chicago. Um, I've always been into sports. I just love the competition and the camaraderie with everyone. Uh, so now I just have a new venture of bodybuilding, which is a little, a little different because you think of it as an individual sport because you're on stage by yourself. But it's a lot more than that, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into. But it's just a fun sport. And um, that's all I'm about. We're about having fun and competing and just uplifting everybody so everybody can have fun achieving just different goals. So. That's me, in a nutshell. <laughs> I, I, I love it. We talked, and we're going to get into this a lot, we talked a lot about what, what the discipline of the sport you're in now entails. So before we transition to that, I want to start with you as a basketball player. So you, you played some pro ball, you played college ball. Uh, what was your discipline like that? Would you, would you have called yourself a disciplined athlete back when you were playing? No. Uh, not at all. Not at all. I was just, it was all talent and it was just all, you know, full speed ahead. If I think back now with what I know about taking care of my body, as far as stretching, uh, nutrition, the amount of sleep you need, I would have been a lot better basketball player. My career probably would have went a lot further. Um, so no, I was definitely not a disciplined athlete. I was just an athlete. And it's such a stressful situation as it is, right? So I, I train guys that are playing overseas and so every summer they come back and they don't know where they're going next. Was that, was that a stressful, was that a hard thing for you? It was uh, somewhat because there were actually guys in the country I was playing with that were getting sent home after the game. So like, oh, you had one bad game. Here's your plane ticket. Time to go home. So when I first seen that, I was just like, well, at least better make sure my first game is good because how can I explain to everybody that I'm back in one week? <laughs> so, yeah, right. So it's literally, it's uh, some people go by a monthly contract, um, but they could still send you home as soon as you get there. And, and for those that don't know enough about it, uh, you know, playing in Europe and overseas, 
they only have so many spots for what they call foreign players, right? They only have, what is it, yes. two spots per team? Absolutely. Uh, some countries might have three, and you also have some athletes that might get married. So now they have dual citizenship so they can add another American on the team, uh, which is a whole nother conversation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But it's, um, you know, it's tough because you have to think about the level of competition that's in America that might not be working right now. You actually have ex-NBA players that might not be working and looking for a job overseas. So now you have to think like, what can I do to stay on this team? Like is scoring enough is rebounding enough. Like, no, you, you're actually a public figure too. Like you're the Michael Jordan of that team or Kobe of that team. So you have to be sort of speak a role model in the public. And that's kind of different, difficult if you don't know the language you don't know the popular food to eat. You have to adapt to all of that. So, and still keep in mind that you have to keep up your nutrition because it's basically about maintaining yourself and doing it all for yourself to make sure you produce. And it's pretty rare to even go back to the same team two years in a row, right? Um, in some cases, a lot of guys like to jump around because it's still marketing. You're marketing yourself. You're your own brand. So you can actually increase your money by doing well on one team and then marketing yourself to another team um, and then position it again to make that team pay you more. Uh, but they all, you know, it's just it just depends on how everything is set up and the type of agent you have. And I have to imagine if you're if you're playing overseas like that, at one point, the goal was probably like everyone else's. It must have been. Was it professional level? Was it NBA? You know, what was your goal when it came to basketball? Um, well, really, it was to go overseas. Well, first, of course, it was to make it to the NBA. Right. Um, as time went on, I've seen how things were going. I was like, my best chance is to go overseas, make a huge name for myself, and then transition You know, with that experience into the NBA. When I got over there, I found that there were guys that were getting paid so much more money overseas than they were in the NBA. They didn't even want to come back home. So they started a life, you know, in those countries. Like they got married, had children, dual citizenship. And I was just sitting here like, why? You don't want to go back home? They was just like, I got a car for free. My living expenses are free. I get three meals for free. And my money isn't taxed. And I started thinking like, do I, do I want to go back home? <laughs> <laughs> so... So, you know, it's a lot to take into consideration. So literally you're going from an athlete into a business. You are, you're, you're literally a brand and now you have to start thinking that way and how can you maintain everything? And sadly enough, I was literally just an athlete. I didn't think about what it took to keep a healthy body and a healthy mind so I can, so my career could progress to that. And now you're in a sport that, I mean, that's, there's no way to even start the sport without some of that, right? So how do you how do you transition from basketball player into, hey, this is going to be a goal of mine. I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing this. How did that transition happen for you? So the good thing with basketball, it did teach me a lot of discipline. Uh, it also prepared me because you still did your weight training, of course, a lot of cardio. So just that mindset of being a, a competitor was there. But it just so happened in between basketball and this sport. Uh, bodybuilding, I got injured and the nightlife kicked in. <laughs> so I was going out, having too many adult beverages uh, and poor eating habits. So I picked up a lot of unwanted weight and the weight wasn't distributed like you would think. You know, I'm six foot nine 
So the weight was just really sitting in my stomach. So I was just like, wow, like I look like a six foot nine pregnant guy. This just doesn't look good. Um, so when I took my shirt off a couple of times, I was just like, this has to change. So a friend of mine, I asked, I was like, can you just help me get started? Um, so he, he kind of told me what he did. And I complained within the first two weeks. I'm like, uh, it took me six hours to cook my food. He was like, why did it take you six hours? I'm like, well, I cooked baked chicken. I did tilapia. I did ground turkey. He was like, oh, that's nice. He was like, why don't you just cook one? I was like, oh, okay. He was like, just cook a bunch of one thing so it'll last for the entire week. And he was like, just get comfortable with eating the same thing. I was like, that's going to be terrible. So when I did it, it wasn't that bad. Uh, but then I thought about it. It's like, I would eat pizza every day. You know, I would eat the terrible foods all the time. Or I would go to McDonald's two, three, four times a week. So then I said, this is no different. It's just a better option. And so I leaned out. I didn't do as successful as I wanted uh, my first time, but I, I knew what it took after that. You know, I had the discipline. I knew how to work out. Uh, and I knew the nutrition part of it now, what it really took. So I just said I just needed a, a different coach to kind of guide me a little bit more so we can uh, get some more better return in my investment for my body. Yeah, you know, that's such a great point. People... I can't tell you how many times people have asked me, how can you eat the same thing all the time? And I've never had a good answer, but you're right. I would, I would eat the reverse foods just as easily every yeah. day. I would eat pizza every day if I could. I would eat my grandmother's Italian cooking every single <laughs> pasta Absolutely. every day if I could. So it's such a great point. And, it, and you know, there's a takeaway right there, right? There's something that people have to think about. You would do it already. It's just a matter of, and if food doesn't, you know, I, I listened to a couple of your, uh, of your interviews and, uh, we'll, we'll backtrack to the beginning again in a second, but, um, you know, sweet potatoes, right? Sweet potatoes became a, a what a crucial piece of your meals because it, it gave you something you like taste wise, but also curbed a lot of your cravings. Is that right? Absolutely. Um, with me, sweet potatoes, I've always ate sweet potatoes as a kid. Um, but we used to make them in different ways, like the sweet potato pies. Of course it had sugar, but there's also a way you can cook sweet potatoes to where they have their own natural sugars, which craves the appetite for all of the manufactured sugar. Um, and it's a great carb for your workouts. Uh, it's a great carb for you at all. And everyone always hear carbs are terrible. No, they're not. They help fuel your workout, uh, but everything in moderation. So everyone at that competition, when you bring up sweet potatoes, they saw me eating so much food right before I was going on stage. And one guy was just like, why are you still eating? I was like, I love sweet potatoes. Why, why aren't you eating? <laughs> so for my first, uh, well, actually this was my third competition. And I want to say for about six months, I literally ate sweet potatoes and tilapia every single day. And I day. still love sweet potatoes and tilapia to this day. And you haven't gotten sick of it. Uh, no. So it's just a matter of, of finding a, a food that's both healthy and one that you like. So that's yes. probably part of the challenge, right? Absolutely. I, uh, it was recently I saw a, uh, a documentary on a vegan bodybuilder. And I was laughing because he said, you know, he said, we go to the shows and everyone is miserable, right? It's, it's peak week. Everyone is deprived. They're carb free. And everyone's cranky and tired and irritated. 
So then I walk in eating a sandwich and, uh, <laughs> and a big bowl of uh, rice. And I was looking at me like they want to kill me. He said, I felt great. My energy was through the roof. Yeah. Cause um, a lot of people have a different way of, of, of doing it. Like, um, a lot of people like to dry out by not having any water that day, uh, which is rough. I try it that way. It doesn't work for me. Uh, they also like to kind of, I don't like to say starve, but they really do. They don't really eat as much before they go on stage. They have rice cakes and they might put uh, honey on there to give them a little bit of sugar to help them with some energy. Not me. Uh, before I go on stage in the morning, three or four meals, large meals, and they're all healthy still. Still tilapia. I do coconut oil and sweet potatoes just so I can have energy and I feel good. Let me ask you this. Going through this process and you know what we haven't gotten into yet is you, uh, you're about to uh, you're about to hopefully you're, you're looking to go pro and yeah. in October you have a big show coming up. Right. So you're, I mean, I want to get into that, but up until this point, how were your energy levels day to day? Cause I think when people look at this sport, they assume there's just so much deprivation, but it sounds to me that you've actually been able to keep a satiety level and, and eat a good amount. Um, would you say you've struggled then with the food part or would you say you've actually found a way to keep pretty happy with it? So at first I did struggle. Um, cause I was still learning. So some of the foods I was going through, it's, it's about finding what works for your body too. Some of the food just didn't really work. Um, uh, didn't really help with the energy. Cause I used to eat almonds for my fats. Um, it would work as far as the look, but my energy levels were really low. So that's why I switched to coconut oil, which is a great source of energy. Um, so I switched to that and basically now my energy level isn't bad at all. Um, but also it's a couple of factors that play into it. I have to make sure I get a lot of sleep. Uh, you know, sleep plays into it. Water. I drink a lot of water. I drink about a gallon and a half of water every day. So as long as I'm keeping up with those things and I've done a test run, uh, <laughs> I've stayed up a little bit later to watch like my favorite shows, you know, who doesn't love a, you know, Ozark or something like that. Yeah. Right. So, so when it gets to 10.30 and then I go to sleep and I'm up at 4.30 trying to do my cardio, my energy level is so low and I have a headache. So I did another test run. I go to sleep at 9.30. I wake up at 4.30. Nothing's wrong. I feel great. I feel amazing. So it's all about getting sleep, drinking water, and just eating the proper foods. And you'll feel amazing the next day, all day, too. Uh, see, I, I love that because... There's a carryover, right? We can, we can look a certain way for the people that see what happens on stage, that, that don't go through the same lifting grind and the cardio grind that you do. There's a way to do a little bit of both. I'm not saying they look exactly like, like you do getting right. on stage, but if we can focus on our sleep and focus on cleaning up nutrition and probably stay a little more consistent with the food choices, mm -hmm. there's a way for the average person without competing to, to get to a, to a physique where they're confident in themselves and where they feel good again without having to feel like crap. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's, to go back to the beginning, and this was a quote from one of the videos I saw on you. It said that, uh, I'm not sure who it was, but he said, you said a friend of yours said to you, you were waking up every day. So why do you wake up every day? It's not like you're competing. Was that something that actually jarred you into getting into bodybuilding? Yes. Uh, he was saying, um, why do you lift weights like that all the time? It's not like you're competing. And I was just like, hmm, let's, then let's go ahead and compete. Um, 
So that was one of the triggers right there. I was just like, hey, I do love working out and I love looking good. So why not put it to the test and put my physique up against some guys who do the same? And let's see what the judges say. I said, the worst that can come out of this is that I'm going to look good for the summer because I took the entire winter getting ready. (laughs) So, you know, it goes back to that famous uh, saying, I'll be beach ready. So that's basically what I was going for. (laughs) Photo shoot ready. I love that. I love it. Photo shoot ready at all times. So, well, let's help people out here. Okay. This is what I love about this sport is, is it's supremely difficult, but there isn't an age limit. Right, people at of all ages, if they want to, they want to feel like they're active again and, and and find like a date. There's a date that I can be rotated for because we're not ending up on a court or a field anymore, right? Guys like you and me, that's that, unfortunately that's far behind us at that level. Um, what you know, you you hear this quote and you you get the idea. How would the average person even begin to maybe get going in something like this? What would the first step be? I would say. Really, the first step is finding some food that you can eat consistently in one week. And you can switch it up the next week, but find something you really like. Uh, It could be baked chicken. And it doesn't, a lot of people think it's unseasoned and it's plain. You can actually season your food. There's healthy options out there to season your food. Uh, After that, start making sure you drink water. Uh, Set yourself to a gallon of water a day. Uh, that's the minimum, but you'll see that a lot more waste leaves your body. You'll feel better. Your skin even gets clear, so you'll look better. Uh, a great way to do that is just setting a certain amount that you want to drink every 30 minutes, so you're evenly drinking this water throughout the day. They even have jugs now with certain markers on there with cool little sayings like, you're <laughs> almost there, so buy one of those. You know, It's all an investment on how you're going to look and feel and prolong your life. Uh, For me, I knew a couple of carbs that I like. I knew it was brown rice, but I know I cannot eat brown rice consistently throughout months and months and months. So I can only have it for maybe this week and take a couple of weeks off from it. I know I can eat sweet potatoes every single day, all day for a year. Like I can stick with that no matter what. Uh, But just to break it up now, there's other things to eat as well. Like you could do grits. You know, there's always a healthier carb but you always want to know what works better for your body because some carbs will leave you feeling a little bloated. Uh, So even Ezekiel bread. So there's so many different options. There's literally a long list. So once you find out what foods work for you, everything else will start clicking. And food prep. It's so important. Everybody thinks it's a, they think it's a diet. So diet is to me, it's like a negative term. So don't think of it as a diet because even when I'm eating tons and tons of food, that's still a diet. So with that, just make sure you you prepare your food. You're literally just preparing for that week. So pick a Sunday, prepare your food for at least a couple of days out and where it's enough food. And it goes back to another old saying, if you're prepared, then you won't fail. That's awesome advice. So that gets you... Started on at least the prep of the work. How do you go about finding a coach? How do you go about the workout plan? I mean, you have you have some experience, right? You've gotten to work with professional coaches. Um, I know we have some, well, you're, you're friends, but people that we both know that have been coaching for a long time. But how does the average person even go about finding a coach for something like this? 
So it is a little difficult. And for me, I made it difficult for the coaches because I interviewed everybody. <laughs> I like that. So uh, I had a certain number of questions I had, and it wasn't really about the response. It was how they responded. You know, how long did it take you to get back to me? Were you upset every time that you got back to me? Because when you're going through your workouts, your energy level does change and it puts you in a certain mood. So if I'm upset, if I ask you a question and I don't care if it's the same question, maybe I just need it told to me a different way, sort of hit home. If you respond in a negative way, where it could be your tone or anything, that's not going to help my, my goals out. So now I need to find a new coach because I'm uncomfortable. What I did is uh, I reached out to a bunch of bodybuilders and I said, who's your coach? Uh, so I reached out to all of those coaches and, it, you know, again, just the laundry list of price reaction and everything. And when I found my coach, I think I put him through questions for a month, <laughs> <laughs> but the thing was, he was nice every time uh, he got back to me immediately. And I was just like, this is great. And then he actually hit me with, communication is a big thing for me. So if I reach out to you, I need you to contact me. I was like, perfect. This is what I'm looking for. Um, so I narrowed it down to two coaches and there was another coach that didn't get back to me. Uh, so when I messaged him again, he still took a little time. Then he did get back and I was just like, I heard great things about you. You do good work, but you, your communication sucks. <laughs> so you're not the coach for me. I'm going to go in this direction. And me and, uh, my coach is Chris San Juan. And since then, we've been doing great. Uh, he's actually a, a good friend now. And we've been together for about a year and a half. So making great strides. So yeah, plan on going pro pretty soon. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, we're going to get to that right next. That's that's my next on my list here. That's such good advice, though. And whether it's, whether it's a bodybuilding coach or just a personal trainer or your real estate agent, when... My yes. business partner, Ryan, and I were going through this process of building this facility that I'm sitting in now. We went through three realtors. We went through four equipment vendors. And it was for the exact reasons you just said. If it takes me a week and a half to hear from you again, it doesn't matter how nice you are. It doesn't matter how nice of equipment you have. But I need that communication. That's a pivotal piece. And yes. as a personal trainer, that's you know, there's a lot of mistakes I can make maybe. But there's one thing that I have to stay up on is I have... I have to keep that open line of communication because once I lose that with someone, it's immediately after. So I think the, the advice of interviewing people is such good advice for everything. Don't just take the first option that comes at you. Absolutely. Don't do that. Interview them because yeah. it's not a free service. You have to pay. Yeah. And literally those questions will just make you feel comfortable. Uh, like you and I, we talk a lot outside of working out and just, just some of the comments are still encouraging to, to my prep. Like you said, hey, man, you're, you're killing it. Keep going. Literally, when I see that, I'm like, I wish I didn't. I wish tomorrow was now. I want to work out again. <laughs> but then I also think about, like, if I go to the gym for a second time today, you know, your body still needs time to heal. But I'm already fired up. So I know. Let me stick to my food. Let me make sure I get some good sleep because tomorrow I can't wait to crush it. So. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, uh, well, it's because you're inspiring back, you know, and I, you're, I'm one of those people that, you know, I've been in this industry for 15 years and I've worked alongside enough people that have done shows where, of course, you know, every, every year I'm like, oh, maybe this is the year, you know, and, 
but it, but again, it takes that discipline. So I admire, again, I admire the behind the scenes. I admire that you're able to stick to what you're doing day to day. When I see your videos, that's what I see. I see the grind. I see the discipline, like the, you look awesome. And again, we're going to get to the six, nine part two, because you got to be getting some looks when you walk into some of these shows. <laughs> um, but uh, man, I, I admire it. And uh, we'll, we'll have a separate conversation one day about, about me maybe following your footsteps. That's for a different day. Um, six, nine. Yes. Six, nine. I, are you, how many bodybuilders do you know that anywhere near your height right now? So I was actually amazed when I went to Pittsburgh last year, there were, a handful of guys, uh, not at, not my height, but right there, like six eight and six seven, yeah. and I was just like, "Wow!" So maybe I'm not the tallest guy. So I researched it. Uh, I do men's physique. The tallest guy to, that has competed was six seven, and I think he did turn pro. And then there was a guy who did classic, who is the tallest bodybuilder at seven foot tall. Huge, he's a massive guy. Oh, so when I go pro this October. I'll be the tallest men's physique competitor in history at six foot nine. So, and then when I win my pro competition two days later, October 16th here in Chicago, I'll be the tallest professional IFBB pro in men's physique. And then I'll also be at the Olympia. You guys heard it here first. Olympia bow. I you know, heard, see it. <laughs> heard it here first. Let me have you back on right after that too. So people can hear it again. That's what Absolutely. we're going to talk through that. Uh, what is the logistically we're going to get to what it means to you uh, emotionally, but going pro, what does that mean? Uh, define that for people that don't understand what it is to be a pro bodybuilder. So, you know, a lot of people, so a few people have asked, cause they was like, Hey, you went pro in basketball. Like, which, like, would this be better? And I said, absolutely. Because it's six foot nine and an athletic kid who can run and jump. You're expected to play on some type of professional level with basketball. But as a bodybuilder, they know how difficult it is. Like your muscles are longer, like muscle development might take a little more time. So this will actually mean the world. I was a skinny kid. Uh, I was a cardio junkie. So I just ran, did ever. I used to walk miles and miles and miles. So for me to change it all around and develop a physique to where it can be on the stage as a professional bodybuilder, oh, that would mean the world to me. It would it would show family members like the younger generation that, Hey, he went from basketball to where you had to be slim and athletic to being athletic and muscular in one lifetime, went pro in two different sports. If that can inspire them to say, Hey, I can become a doctor or I can do this. Then we're going to have a separate conversation on the side. Yeah. So yeah, for me, it just means the world just to, you know, accomplish those two goals of going pro in two different sports. I did. So cool. Uh, so what has to happen in October? Do you show up? Do you, have to, do you have to place a certain amount? What happens to get that pro card? Yeah. So this October, I'm actually going for the overall win, which means I take okay. first place in my category. And then uh, I will battle against other people who took first place in their category. And I plan on winning that too. Um, once I do that, I'm a, I'm a pro. But in my category, I can come in top two. Uh, for both my age groups. So I'm giving myself a good four chances, actually, uh, to turn pro. So I can do 35 and over and 40 and over. Okay. Uh, so it, it, it's it's a nice process when you get there. So you, it's all about timing uh, because you really don't know exactly when you're going to go on stage. 
So you have to make sure your food is spread it out. Uh, you have to make sure that your body is rested because you don't want your cortisol to spike. Uh, you have to make sure you're getting in just enough water, but not too much so your abs don't fade. Because you have a lot of guys who look good the day before or the day after, but the day of, they just missed it. So a lot of timing. Uh, to keep from it from getting so stressful, just enjoy the moment. I have so much fun doing it. Um, and a lot of people try to look mean, like, hey, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> 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 and those are the main people I talk to. I'm like, hey, man, you're looking good. Like, do some push-ups. You might look even better. Like, I just make <laughs> jokes and mess with everybody just to try to break it up a little bit. Because uh, I don't want anybody going on stage and saying I wasn't my best. I want you to be at your best while I'm at my best. So when I win, that'll motivate that person to work even harder in the off season. It's, <laughs> it's awesome. It's, the looking mean part has me feeling, has me laughing because it's so many sports in general. You walk in, everyone wants to be the meanest guy. And I've never yeah. seen you be mean anytime I've ever met you. So, um, and then what? So you go pro, then where do you go from there? I'm going to do a pro competition two days later, which will be October 16th uh, in Tinley Park. It'll be Wings of Strength. Um, so the goal is, you know, it, it'll just be great to, to have the opportunity to do a pro show, but to do my debut show here in Illinois will be awesome. Uh, first call outs is the first guys that they call out. It's either five or six. That will be an accomplishment for my first pro show. That would be a huge accomplishment, but to take first place is what I'm aiming for would be amazing. It would give me an automatic invite to the Olympia because the Chicago show is one of the top shows. So they're broken into tiers and it's a tier one. So it's always some of the, 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 the best guys, the toughest competition. But with me, I just plan on bringing something that judges aren't used to seeing. Someone so tall and the development of my muscles to just I'll basically be like a shadow over those guys. It's like, wow, like, I want to just make the judges say, well, I see this guy, so I'm not going to look at those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Distraction. So, Winning by distraction. Absolutely. Who goes pro? The hashtag, I see it all the time, and everyone that's going to follow you after this is going to see it. Uh, were, any background on that? Yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> I've never asked you this. I can't believe I've never asked you this. Yeah, so this started since I was a little kid. Um, my mother has so many different names. I was her Pooh Bear, uh, Mr. Pooh. My grandmother calls me that too. Um, where they came up with Pooh, I have no idea. I don't know <laughs> if it's something I did as a little kid, but <laughs> um, but after that, when I was playing basketball at DePaul, one of my teammates came home. I used to invite all teammates over to just have family dinner, especially if they were from out of town. Just trying to make them feel at home. Uh, so one of the guys, he was from New Orleans. He came by. Uh, we had some food, and my mother came out and just said, hey, Pooh Bear, and I was just like. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> so he was just like, the whole way there, he was just like, oh, I can't wait till we get on campus. <laughs> he was like, I'm not going to call you Pooh Bear, <laughs> but we're going to call you something. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to stick. Yeah. So since then, this was in 1996. I've been called poo by everybody since then. Um, so it just kind of stuck. So I want to make it famous. Who goes pro? I'm going to make it happen. 
love the confidence, man. I love it. And it's, it's, it's infectious because we had, it makes me want to go out and hit the gym after, uh, after we get done with this. Oh, hey, we always do a morning session. Uh, you know what? I, I do. I do have to get you out here. We've been, uh, we've been talking about that for too long too. Yeah. So let's, let's go back to some of the, uh, some of the habit type stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, and then I'm going to get back to the, to the chin lane. On a hard day. You know, what, what can people do? What do you do when it's like, man, it's one of those days where I want to break, you know, it's, it's middle of the season. It's still far enough away, but I'm into it. I'm getting, you know, what, what do you do in those days that are really hard to help you stay on your track? So for me, I had a good buddy tell me during my first competition, he says, when things are really tough and when you're second guessing everything, that's when you're about to hit a huge breakthrough. So all of the changes that you want to happen are about to happen. Just stick with it this day. So every time that happens now, I think about it, think about that, those exact words. I was like, okay, here's my huge breakthrough. And once you don't want to eat the food, you're like, I'm sick of this food. Like I'm, I'm tired of it. It's the same thing. When you start eating it, you're like, it tastes good because your body just wants that fuel and you'll realize it's still good. It's your mind playing tricks on you saying that you want something else. When all it is, just your body just wants that, that nutrition. That's it. So, but for everyone who doesn't compete, if you're looking for small things to curb your cravings, you can literally look it up. There's certain things that will give you satisfaction if you have a craving for chocolate or this or that. Um, what I do is there are certain things I have for like, if I want sweets, of course I can do my sweet potatoes. If I'm tired of drinking water. There's all of these zero carb, zero sugar things. There's like Mio shots. You could do those. You, there's the crystal light. So if I do those, I'll have one of those a day. And I'll try to drink maybe 24 ounces of that. So out of 192 ounces, that's not going to hurt me. Um, so I just, it's the small things. But with bodybuilders, when we get so close to our competition, um, maybe when you're about, Five weeks out, you just have to stay so clean uh, and disciplined where you really can't use any of those things. But for the average person who's just looking to look great on the beach or get ready for a wedding or whatever the case may be, you can still use those same things leading up to that wedding and won't feel so deprived of everything. So, sure. yeah. And every time you make the right decision and get through it, it creates confidence, right? It creates an example yes. that you can go back to and say, well, I've done it once. Well, then I did it twice. Well, if I can do it twice, I can do it a third time. And once you get to the 20th time, not that it gets easier, but it, but it, I guess in a way it does. It, yes. It's still a challenge, but, but you have all these examples stacked up of when you were successful to go back to and pull out of your memory bank and say, I'm going to do that again. Yes. Right? Beating... Beating your cravings is kind of like climbing that mountain. Once you reach the top, there's no feeling like it. So once you beat that craving, the next day you're just like, I can do this again. And you're just going to keep feeling even better about it. And after a while, when you take that shirt off and you're looking in the mirror, you can be like, oh, that's the person I've been trying to become. I'm already there. So then you end up setting another goal. So... Just continue. Anybody listening who's looking to just have that better version of yourself physically, just keep pushing. It'll come before you even know it. Just stay consistent day by day.
Absolutely. And sticking to whatever the goal is, you know, is it I'm going to try to not have any drinks during the week or, you know, whatever the goal is for people, because we've heard them all, right? Mm -hmm. It's I like that mountaintop advice. I like that because you're right. There's no better feeling when you say yesterday was hard and I did it. Yeah, there's no better feeling, but you got to create the feeling. You don't create the feeling. You know what it feels like. You can't repeat it. Yeah. Uh, And you're right, too. And, you know, another great takeaway here is when people feel hunger, the brain says, I, well, the body says, I feel hungry. And the brain says, yeah, but I like that. Yeah. We, we start pairing these things together. There's no, there's no craving necessarily for cheese fries, right? It's, it's my body needs fuel, but I know I'd like the taste of cheese fries. Exactly. <laughs> or whatever it be. So we need to remember that. And, like, and I think that's good advice. Just start eating. Yeah. Don't, don't fight the hunger. Eat. Just start eating the healthy thing. And let it, kind of let it sit for a second. And uh, I think that's really good advice. I like that yeah. a lot. Um, sleep. You touched on sleep. How much are you sleeping? So, you know, I'm, I'm asleep by 930. Uh, sometimes I'm in bed at 830, just making sure I get my sleep in. And I'm up every morning at 430. Every um, day. Every day. You know, COVID kind of changed things around, so we couldn't hit the gyms for a while. So I would get up at 430 and still walk outside. Uh, hour walk, but I purchased the treadmill, which makes it so much better. Uh, so that 4.30 I still get up at 4.30 because I want to continue that you know that's a habit I want want to stick so it gives me more time to do some reading uh, so I like to just read inspirational things just anything that can help um, not just with bodybuilding but just in life generally like so that 4.30 you know I do start my morning out with a prayer then uh you know, just get ready for the treadmill, hit the treadmill. After that, I start eating. So I want my first meal no later than six o'clock. So that way I'm eating every two and a half to three and a half hours. I'm on track to eat right on, on my way to the gym. By the time I'm at the gym, work out for about an hour and a half. Um, for me, it just takes me that long because I fall in love with the gym. So even with my workout plan, I just add extra sets to everything that I do which my, my workout really only takes an hour, but extra work, extra, more success, you know? Extra, extra, <laughs> extra results. Did that happen right away or did that happen over time? Did you fall in love with exercise day one or was this, as you went, you fell in love with it more? So I've always liked working out, but there were certain exercises I just didn't like doing. Uh, but once I started doing things the proper way, uh, and it's not all about moving heavy weight, Everybody thinks like, oh, you're so massive. You're lifting, you're lifting this and that. And I tell them, no, I lighten my weight and I increase my time under tension. That way my joints can stay healthy yep. <laughs> and I can stay consistent because bad habits in the gym will create bad eating habits outside of the gym. So the more time I was hurt, the more time I was adult beverages, eating poor, uh, poor choices with food. But the more I stayed in the gym, I stuck to it. So my, my gym results were tied in with my nutrition. So once I figured out a better way of lifting, which came through guys like yourself, coaches and trainers, then I was able to stay healthy and lift and also maintain my, my proper food choices. And now it's just, I'm seeing what it does like consistently. Cause I've been lifting consistently for two years with no major injuries to keep me out of the gym versus go three months, get hurt, sit at home for a month, pizza twice a day, <laughs> every day. 
Um, and a lot of people still think, you know, with this, you know, the food is bad, you know, like the taste. Again, you can flavor your food. You can season it how you want. And I actually eat more food now from working out than I did when I wasn't working out, which is, I love it. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah. People don't realize that either. Increase your activity and do more. You, you get to eat. Not only that, healthy food choices come with a general less calories, which means we end up eating by volume significantly yes. more if we're actually following numbers. Significantly right. more calories or uh, more volume of food to get to 2,500, whatever your calorie goal is, um, than eating the less ideal foods that get you there too quick. Now you're left hungry. Now you're left deprived because there's no nutrient density to that food. So now your body tells you you're hungry again. Yeah. That's a, it's a really tough path to be down. This is really good advice that, you know, start, start with the most nutrient dense, clean food you can mm-hmm. and, eat, and eat it and eat it and let your yeah. body benefit from it. And then you know, start, start the opposite side of the cascade, the good part of the domino effect um, yeah. going back the other direction. Fantastic, man. So Tinley, can people come see you? Yes. Uh, so right now, even with everything going on, the competition will still be open to public until okay. further notice. Okay. Um, but I want everybody to know, like, it's not just you see guys up there posing. For me, you're just going to see me posing. And that's OK <laughs> with me. <laughs> but the competitions are actually fun because you get to see those bodybuilders actually put on a show. Uh, you know, a lot of those guys are really athletic. You'll, you'll see guys doing splits. Some of these guys are. Five eight, close to three hundred pounds, and can still dunk. So these are real athletes too. But the performance that they're putting on—it's choreographed mixed with bodybuilding. So it's a good show. It's a good time, and everybody's so encouraging. Uh, you you can hear it shout. You know, people shouting from the audience, and just to see what they went through—it's just amazing. Uh, so it's a good time, and then you also get a chance to see the reaction on every bodybuilder's face when they have that first meal <laughs> after the show um, and just be prepared to watch them eat for a very long time because they're going to put down a lot of food. A lot of donuts. That, that's the only thing. That's the first thing I see post bodybuilding show on Instagram is the, is the box of donuts that are everywhere. Yes. Yeah, so funny part is I'm, I love donuts, but after the show, I really, I've never have a craving because my body kind of gets rid of it for, for a lot of people in you know, really into nutrition, they'll know that sugar is more addictive than cocaine. But after a while, like any drug, if you stay off of it for so long, you don't have that addiction anymore. So for me, after the show, they were like, hey, we're going to get donuts. I'm like, I don't know if I want to go back down that path right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they was like, well, what are you going to eat? I, was like, I got some some sweet potatoes in there. <laughs> <laughs> I can heat those up and put honey on it and cinnamon and it'll be amazing. And it was like, you still going to eat your prep food. I'm like, it's food. It tastes good. <laughs> like I can add a healthier sweetener to it than just going to get a glazed donut. All right. Well, I'll tell you, if, if, and when I get to this point, I'll let you know if I also eat healthy my first meal after a show, but I, I can't, I can't say I'm as confident about that part as <laughs> that's awesome. though. You know what? I think you'll, um, You'll have a donut on your first time. It's, <laughs> it's tradition. You got to do it. The first okay. time around, just have the donut. Just give in and just have it. Yeah, uh, give in. And then once you see how it makes you feel, you'll be like, I don't want the donut anymore. 
right. I like that, man. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to promise you right here on this podcast that uh, I'll be there on the 16th, barring any, you know, COVID changes, but uh, I'll be there. Man. I'll be there on the 16th and uh, appreciate it. Hopefully get a bunch of people in your corner cheering you on that day. I love it. Um, I love it. Where else can people go to follow your journey? I'm on Instagram. Uh, it's a Avery 15. Um, for those who refuse to get Instagram, I'm on Facebook. <laughs> you could just type in my first and last name. It's Allende Avery. Allende is A-Y-I-N-D-E. Um, those are the only social media pages that I'm on. Other than that, if you're in Chicago on the north or west side, just come to your local gym. <laughs> <laughs> you might like be there. <laughs> yeah, I like going to different gyms because uh, it's a different environment at each gym. I used to do that when I played basketball. I like different gyms just so you could see it. And there's a certain, um, I guess, machismo, can I say? Yeah. I like to conquer each gym. Like, if I leave that feeling like, hey, I put in work in this gym, people see me put in work, they know I'm for real, so I'm going to do it at another gym so everybody will know. We are going to get you out tomorrow like ASAP. As soon as we stop recording, we're going to get a date down. So I'm going to get you I out love here. it. I'm not going to say it here because then everyone's going to come and try to watch you work out here. So I won't say <laughs> it yet. Um, well, there's one other way to find you, right? There's the hashtag. Absolutely. Pugos Pro. Pugos Pro. Yeah. Uh, buddy, this has been awesome. Man, anything else you want to add before we sign off here? Well, I would say to any and everybody who's listening, challenge yourself. Set yourself two goals. That's it. Just two. One could be better nutrition. The other one could just get a trainer. Those two things will change your fitness goals for life. Trust me. Nutrition and a trainer. Perfectly said. I got nothing else. All right. All right, buddy. This is great, man. Thank you. And like I said, we'll get you on again uh, right after we get that pro card in your hand. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. All right, my guy. We'll talk soon. Everyone, uh, we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Lifestyle as Medicine podcast. Find more episodes like this at www.lifestyleasmedicinepodcast.com and visit www.marhealthandperformance.com and at marhealthandperformance on both Facebook and Instagram for more great content and information about programs. Have a great day. See you next time.